and that expiry date could be when you're six foot under <laughs> which isn't and i'm not saying every relationship badly <laughs> but every relationship you know has some form of expiry date Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome back, Right Club Nation, to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. I'm Alfonso Slemmy, and today I'm joined by Sarah Larby. How's it going, Sarah? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I, uh, you know, I want to thank you, you know, and we, we you know, on different podcasts and different episodes, we talk about kind of scheduling, you know, and figuring things out. Um, you know, I don't know how long now we've been doing podcasts on Monday evenings, and this was just a time that worked in your schedule. And I was like, okay, I'll just go with it because my schedule is kind of all over the place. But now I have it locked in on Monday nights and playing around it. And, uh, and that's one thing, I guess, that uh, I guess we've been able to kind of work together and figure that out. But uh, yeah, scheduling and learning, that's something that, uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to thank you about. I don't know why I'm saying this in the intro, but it's just something that, uh, yeah, I'm, I really enjoy doing this and when you can plan it and go through it. But, uh, but today's episode is going to be amazing. If you've been, if you've heard of the Red Club or been part of the Red Club for any amount of time, you've definitely heard of Claire Drange and the Windrose Group. Um, she is amazing, a wealth of knowledge. Today is no different. She shares lots of lots of information and she's got some cool things coming out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the beauty, right? Is that we have a lot of really great experts, team members that are partners with the Right Club that we personally work with ourselves. And, uh, and Claire is one of those people, you know, where she works with me, she works with my students, she works with many people at the Right Club, uh, has a great reputation, uh, always willing to help, tons of insight. She's an investor herself. And, and we have, you know, a great conversation with today's podcast. But, you know, every time we bring Claire, there's like so many directions that we can go. There's so many topics that we can cover. I mean, you know, not only is she a mortgage broker, but she's a, a private lender and, and, a, and a great one at that, where there's lots of different you know, scenarios and situations that she can help with. So I do recommend that you reach out to Claire and her team, you know, if it's from a, for a mortgage standpoint or if it's for private lending, whether you want to borrow it or lend it, she does both. Um, but there's, there's lots of really cool stuff. So on that note, Claire Drage from the Windrose Group, let's bring in Claire. Welcome back, I think, Claire, to the podcast. We've had you on at least one other time, maybe a few other times, but it's always great to speak with you. I know both Sarah and I are ready to uh, to ask a lot of questions, get to learn a whole lot more. If you haven't heard of Claire Drange, you guys are in for a treat today, but so happy to have you on here, Claire. Thank you. I'm just thrilled. I think I'm like a bad, bad penny, right? I just keep showing up. <laughs> no, hey, it's a penny that's well with inflation. That's got to be a loony now, right? So I was going to say it's worth a few more bucks now for sure. That's awesome. No, 
and lots of insights and lots every time i think you come on there's you know a different topic we can take you know what you're doing in so many directions because you do so much and you help so many investors um so today i think we're going to talk about the toughest decisions you have to make as a real estate investor and uh you know I, i'm actually curious to to hear what some of those are and uh well, why don't we, we get started first you know maybe just give us before we get into all of that stuff um a little bit of insight what you do uh, i know you help a lot of my students a lot of the right club members as well um let, let's just do a quick overview just in case somebody's brand new and you know i'm sure i'm sure many people have heard or seen you speak on our stage because you you are there and uh super helpful a lot and same thing with our presentations online but for those that may not maybe just give us some insights yeah no definitely so i mean technically i'm licensed as a mortgage broker so of course do mortgages pretty straightforward i'd say that my our specialty area at the windrose group is specifically real estate investors um you know my background is is rich dad poor dad i taught the creative financing course and so you know when we come to sort of looking for money it tends to be the pivotal part of a success of you know a purchase or a real estate investors growth so you know our goal is to get unlimited capital for our investors but also make sure it's smart capital and i think that that's what a lot of people might miss is that a relationship with a good finance person is a long-term relationship is not just a transactional based so our specialty area is definitely with investors everything from you know 100 financing for burrs and flips uh, commercial financing, your regular single family buy and hold, uh, whatever the investment strategy or property type is, we have an amazing team that can handle that. But our best part is we enjoy seeing people execute on the why, which is, do you want to quit your job? So what do we need to get to allow you to do that and work towards that goal? That really is what, what makes us show up every day. Yeah. And I think we, we've talked a lot about that on this podcast of, you know, we obviously encourage people to invest in real estate and it's a great investment strategy, whatever strategy that you implement, rent to own, burr, flips, you know, all commercial, but that you just touched on is the why, why are you doing it? And I think that's really the, the big question to start off with. And when you are going to speak with Claire or her team, you have to, you have to really understand that because they, they're not going to make that plan for you unless you know what your idea or what maybe not an end goal, but at least maybe a first goal of achieving some of that. So, um, you know, I want to get right into it. You know, we're talking about the tough decisions that we make as real estate investors. And I think it must have been said, I think every time somebody says due diligence, you know, an angel gets their wings or something like that. Right. And we talk about that quite often, due diligence, make sure the numbers work, all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, not just give it, you know, that once over, oh, make sure the numbers work and go for it. Well, what does that mean? Because you're the one that is providing those funds, providing that money, you know, for those investors that are looking to get into their into their real estate deals. What does due diligence, what does that look like to you as the one actually distributing the funds? Well, I, I it's such a, it's quite a long answer to that question. I'm going to focus instead of on the financing specifically on actually, you know, the deal itself or the strategy. So I think sometimes the toughest decision an investor has to make is when to say no. And in my opinion, you can't say no until you've gone through your due diligence. And a lot of people will skip due diligence or they will skip certain parts of it. You know, oh, I don't need an inspector. I've walked through 50 houses before, or we can skip that. Or um, uh, one prime example, which I see a lot is we are focused on the buy, right? You find a property, the numbers make sense. Cash flow looks great. It's a burr. The after repair value looks fabulous. 
and we do all our analysis before we put an offer in. Uh, we put our offer in, our offer gets accepted. And then we stop doing our analysis because, well, I've got the property under contract, now I'm just going to buy it and do it. And one of the things, one of the, some of the toughest questions is revisiting that analysis, revisiting that due diligence afterwards. So what I mean by that is, I mean, standard due diligence is just because the realtor says there's 1800 bucks in rent doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Is that gross or net? Is, has that gone up? You know, what's the demographic of the tenant? So what is a real rent roll versus the back of a napkin? You know, what are the actual uh, property taxes? Do you have the latest assessment? Is it going to get reassessed based on the municipality? So there's all those types of things. But I think that as an investor, an important thing is you do your analysis before you put your offer in. And then when it closes, you need to revisit that cash flow analysis, that budget, whatever the spreadsheet you're using and go, OK, were my closing costs as expected? Uh, were there extra fees? Was there a property tax adjustment? And then two weeks after closing, review it again. It's boring. It's not as exciting as the, you know, the negotiation and the hunt for the deal and, you know, figuring out the design and what you're going to do. Uh, but it's an integral part because at some point that deal might no longer be the same reason you bought it for in the first place. So sometimes when I look at a Burr, for example, prime example, you buy the property, you do your renovations, six months later, you've got this nice duplex, fully rented, everything's fabulous, and now we're going to go to the bank to get the refinancing. But the market rent versus the value of the property is not cash flowing suitable to the bank. So the bank is saying, we'll still give you a mortgage, but we're not going to give you the 80% you want. We're only going to give you 62% loan to value or 68% because the property is now worth 900,000, but you're only collecting 3,000 rent. So in relation to the value versus what the lender's giving you, you've really got to think, is it still worth me keeping it? Does it still meet my why? Because now that property is going to have capital left in it, could be fine, um, but, you know, all the cash flow could be impacted. So I think that sometimes the toughest decision is revisiting the analysis on a regular basis, not just before you put your offer in and be prepared to change the strategy, walk away from the deal, uh, obviously legally do that, um, maybe even sell, you know, people, I often say to investors, I was speaking to one last week, uh, three properties underwater, negatively cash flowing. And I was asking the investor right at the beginning, what's your why? I want to quit my job. I need $10,000 a month cash flow. So you're keeping the three condos you already own that you bought six years ago that cost you a thousand bucks a month on a good month. So remind mm -hmm. me again how they align with your why. And the response was, I don't want to sell because, you know, my brother says I'd be stupid to sell. They're going to be worth more. Well, your brother's not going to put the thousand bucks in a month, are they? To make them break even. So, you know, sometimes the toughest decision is understanding that selling isn't failing. Selling is just redeploying capital to continue to hit your why. So I know, Alfonso, that was a long-winded way of answering that question, but that due diligence doesn't start before you put your offer in. It, start, well, it starts there, but it doesn't stop there. And you've got to continue matching up what people have told you with fact, which is the bill you've got in your hand, for example.
We're going to take a quick break from the show. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. I mean, that that is such great insight too. And, you know, and I, and I do agree because everybody has like their little spreadsheet in the beginning and they're like, okay, what's my ROI? But then even like you said, like maybe a month or two to even just say, is this actually still, even, you know, before even thinking about selling, but let's just say two months or three months later or six months later, is this what I actually calculated or my, are my expenses higher or is my rent higher potentially than, than originally projected, right? And then even just analyzing that and then potentially doing it on a yearly basis and figuring out, like you said, with your why, is that this, this property still align with your goals? Um, but I think, like you said, you know, being able to, to make those tough decisions, whether you're walking away during your due, your due diligence, if you have something under contract or walking away in the sense that you're going to be selling a property that you've got in order to redeploy the cash. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough because there's definitely some probably emotion uh, in that. And, you know, they say don't sell, you know, a, to try not to sell. And you look back and, and many investors say one of the biggest regrets I had was was selling because then they obviously hindsight is 2020 and there's. Uh, you know, equity potentially that they, they didn't have. However, again, I think it goes back to what you're saying with the why. And if the why is to leave your job and you're a cash flowing negative or this property doesn't fit into the, the bigger picture, why keep it? Well, it's, it's that redeploying of capital. You know, either leave half a million in your portfolio earning you nothing or redeploy it so it generates. Maybe you've got to move into you know, six plexes, eight plexes, multifamily. Uh, maybe you've got to build the value instead of buy it, you know, especially in the current market where there just isn't that much inventory. And I think due diligence is, to me, due diligence is third party verification. So again, you know, if uh, an investor comes up to me and says, I've got $100,000, I'd like to loan it to you. Um, you know, the borrower quite often will go, yeah, yeah, yes, please. But what is the due diligence the borrower needs to do on the lender? One, do you actually have the money or are you co-brokering it with 6,000 other people? And it's going to cost me more. And what are all the terms and conditions? Not for me just to get in with the money, but how do I pay it back? Or are there additional costs and fees? So I think due diligence goes both ways in order that there's third party verification. So, you know, if I have a borrower, it's no different to a bank's not going to give a borrower you know, half a million dollars just because they have cute children. 
you know you've got to provide a boatload of paperwork you know and that's that's part of everyone's i think due diligence process is making sure you're going through that absolutely and things change things change from the time that like you said those rent rolls might not actually be true checking in measuring that aligning with those goals are are, are very important so you mentioned that third-party verification you know when i think of that i think about power team members certain people that you know whether it's coaches whether it's brokers realtors you know different real estate you know professionals that are going to be surrounding you right so um what are some of the you know experts that you lean on for expertise or where you could spend your money wisely so that you can have this third-party verification those power team members so that they can be there to assist you and know to bring in that expertise and and when not to maybe you know it's 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 such a great point your power team is extremely important when each member is important to you uh, I mean, obviously the key power team members, you know, someone that's going to give you money. So your finance, your mortgage broker, your banker, it really doesn't have to be just a mortgage broker, but anyone that's going to provide you with the capital, obviously a coach, you know, working with a coach, um, lawyer, accountant, etc. There are so many people to sort of build around your power team. Uh, the people are important. Their expertise is hugely important. Uh, but it's also very important to understand that you do not want to surround yourself with yes people the people just that just say yes to everything and don't challenge you or don't suggest things that are specific to you and not just going along with what you think you want no different to you walk into a bank and say i need a five-year fixed-term mortgage and the bank says okay here you go now if you came in and asked me for a five-year fixed mortgage i'm not going to give you that without asking at least six or seven other questions to make sure that's a suitable product for what you're looking to do today tomorrow next year and five or ten years from now i think that when you're looking for power team members they don't have to be people you like they have people that are expertise in their field and are going to tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear um, I have spoken to many people and I've said, I'm not getting a mortgage on this property because you shouldn't be buying it because it doesn't meet your why. It's, it's, it's overpriced. You're going in with multiple offers. Um, I'm more than happy to refer you to someone else. I just won't be party to that. I think it's no, no different to a realtor telling you when to not to buy a property, you know, as opposed to just saying yes to all of them. And I think that some of the best advice I can give to real estate investors is you are a CEO first. You are a business owner first. Your product is real estate, right? That's your product. So act like, not act, that's the wrong word. Um, treat your business like a serious business. So, you know, a corporation is going to have a chief financial officer, you know, a bookkeeper, an accountant, uh, people that are going to advise them. So if you're serious and you're going to grow exponentially, don't be cheap. <laughs> people say, oh, that accountant wants to charge me a hundred bucks for a consultation. It should be free. You know, what? you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, those, those people, those professionals can save you hundreds of thousands of dollars later in the long run. So treat it like a business. Yeah. I mean, your, your team is going to be, I think a big, if not the big, I mean, other than mindset, like the next biggest part of your success, right? I mean, there's yeah. taking action and there's mindset, but if you don't have the right team that can't get you there. And if you say, I want to scale, this is what I want to do. And they've never done it for somebody else. You're in the wrong team and you really should have 
you know, the experts around you, in my opinion, that are also real estate investors and also have scaled themselves if that's your goal or replace their income if that's the goal. You know, it does take time to find the right team. And sometimes there's pieces of that team that you're like, mm, you know what, there might be a little bit of a weak link here. I need to do something to update this because I don't think that they can continue in helping me reach the next level or that, you know, that next goal or the next strategy. And so, um, you know, that includes, you know, mortgage brokers and accountants, but it also could be your, your contractors, your BCIN designers. I mean, you know, you name it, you're, you're as, you know, you are the CEO, like you mentioned, Claire, I think that is very insightful. You know, you want to hire the right people, but you also need to know when to say, this is not the right person. Thoughts about that? Yes, yeah, so when to fire people. Um, <laughs> I have a, I, I, I stole it from someone. Someone once said to me that every relationship has an expiry date. And that expiry date could be when you're six foot under, which isn't, and I'm not saying every relationship badly, but every relationship, you know, has some form of expiry date. And I think it's really important to recognize that and recognize it uh, quickly, that if something isn't working, you wouldn't continue paying a staff member for a poor job. Uh, when you have a bad meal at a restaurant, you don't just keep going back because you feel like it, you'd stop going back, you, you discontinue that service. So it's, it's okay to fire people. It's okay to let people know, you know what, this isn't working for me. Uh, and, and this is why. Give them an opportunity to fix it if it's a one-off. Um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a client, a new client text me um, on Thursday last week. And I, I responded to say, I'll set up a time for us to chat. And I forgot to set up a time to chat. So, you know, I texted this morning and said, I'm so sorry, it's possible we don't require our services anymore. I'm not gonna bore you with excuses. It's not the normal way we do business, more than happy to, to chat, but wish you all the best with the growth of your portfolio. So it's okay if you screw up, as long as you admit that, I think, and good people will give you a second chance. Um, because not every service provider provides good service or a good product and, but ones that do, you want to look after them too, to keep them, right? Because the relationship's two-way, you know, um, if you treat someone like, you know, garbage uh, or expect to, them to be on your back and call, you know, 24-7, they might not want that business either, you know? So it's definitely sort of that, that two-way street for sure, I think is really, really important. Yeah. And, and having that, you know, honest conversation, setting those expectations out. That's what we talk a lot about with our team is what is the expectation? If you're going to say something, then you have to stick to it. Don't just say to it, right? If you're working with professionals and professionals are working with you, you have to make sure that what the actual expectation is. If it's three to five business days, do your best to be within three to five business days. I know when, you know, when we're talking with tenant buyers or clients or potential investors and they want answers tomorrow, I'm telling them, I'm sorry, I can't give you an answer tomorrow. That's not the way that we operate. We need to take our time. We need to make sure that we're doing the right things and setting those expectations up for all the different relationships, business, real estate, and otherwise, I think are, are the top, top things to do. Um, and, and, you know, and to that point where the relationships as they continue to grow or have an expiry date, I think that's another, you, you mentioned it about, you know, checking in on the spreadsheets and, uh, you know, adjusting when you're buying a property, but as your business is growing, as you've gone from one or to two, or you're looking to do some private investing and adjust different strategies or the market that you're focusing on, the only thing that stays the same is change. Things are constantly changing, right? Today, we've got some other news that we're not going to talk about, that there's going to be more changes that are coming through. So how do you 
how do you, well, like what time frame or how, you know, you've been investing and advising investors for a long time now. How do you advise them to, you know, what, how often should it be every day they're checking in every week, every year? How often should they be checking in on saying, Hey, this is the strategy. This is my plan. I think I thought I wanted 10,000 a month. Now it's something different. How often or, or when should they make some adjustments to, to their plan? Well, it's, it's one of those things where I think if there's any material change in your circumstances or that of the market. I mean, ultimately, if your why is to quit your job and that hasn't changed, so your, your why hasn't changed, but you're noticing that there's a challenge in the market, you're struggling to find the right properties that meet the numbers that are gonna meet that why. So do you have to change your strategy? Maybe you're building, not buying. You know, maybe you're having to build and go into development or different markets and adjust your strategy and not try and make your current market fit where it no longer fits anymore. So be, you know, fluid enough to, well, one, recognize that you may need to make a change uh, so that you don't buy out of desperation. Like I, I see a few investors, well, I'm going to go in with multiple offers. It's a really good deal. Like tomorrow it will be worth another 100,000. Oh, it doesn't meet your why. So why are you buying a $2.2 million cottage again? Remind me with multiple offers, you know. Um, so, and I think that also when it comes to regrouping with your power team, I think that's the same thing. You know, if I decide I'm not going to quit my job, I'm going to take on an 18 month new contract. Well, how does that impact my power team members and how they guide me? Because it's not just about financing. And does that, is it impact my accounting? How my accountant views things and is there another delay with me getting a dividend or whatever that might look like so i think that the faster you grow or the more properties you acquire then and the higher your net worth i think a regular check-in it could be monthly it could be quarterly um versus if you if you're a real estate borrower so you're an investor that's borrowing money and you're borrowing for example private money i think every week you should know your carrying costs for each property every week you should be calculating and, and just double checking okay with my private money with my promissory note loan with my interest on my line of credit i borrowed with you know what i loaned you know what i borrowed from mom and dad my utilities my insurance um all of that kind of stuff you know my property taxes what is that property costing me each, each week because if i know that property is costing me twenty four hundred dollars a week that's going to change some of the decisions i make uh, which might not be accepting the highest offer, it might be accepting the quickest offer, right? Because I know my numbers. I'm now I am a bit of a number freak, but I'll be honest with you, that's where you'll see people go bankruptcy or, you know, get into big financial problems because they didn't realize it was costing them X amount per week to borrow against that property. They were just so focused on when I get bank financing, but that could take three months, six months or a year and or what happens when I mean, we talked about if your circumstances change, but what about the market? Now, one thing we haven't talked about is um, outside influences like a pandemic might have an impact, you know, uh, on your access to materials, trades, you know, just the fact that your lawyer's office might be closed for a week because, you know, they have to isolate or whatever the scenario might be. So how do you pivot quickly enough that it doesn't negatively impact your success in your portfolio or reduce your your profit at the end so 
I think there is no black and white answer to that question. It's like, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> um, you know, well, get me a tape measure and I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, because I think it's going to depend on everyone. Someone who's going to buy one buy and hold turnkey a year probably doesn't need a weekly check-in. You know, but when they're ready to do their financials, when they're ready to, when there's any material changes in their circumstances, their strategy, their market, or anything else they think is going to negatively impact their growth, I think that's the time to have a check-in with your core power team members. So much insights there in that, you know, short, short two minutes. But one of the things I do want to also go back to and, and re-mention, because I think it's important, is five years ago, and I remember saying this myself too, because it made sense back then, is pick a strategy, become the expert, pick the market, know the market like the back of your hand, where now I think not that that strategy can't work, but it's just a lot tougher in this type of market that you actually have to pivot. You might have to pivot strategy. You know, the, the burr might need three units instead, or it could be two units in a different, like a single family burr probably doesn't work in most of these markets. A, a two unit burr probably doesn't work in many of these markets. And so what's the next thing? And being able to shift. I mean, I had, I, I shifted to development. I mean, you kind of mentioned, you know, people switching to development because I'm like, there's a, not a whole lot of deals that I would want to buy in this market where there's 20 other offers. I don't want to be competing with 20 other offers. So how can I go into a different lane way? And I think that that is a strategy or something today that didn't exist when there was a lot more inventory five, 10 years ago, where we were able to say, let me learn the strategy. I'm going to focus on this and it's going to work over and over. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, it is definitely a matter of, you know, keep being aware of what's going on around you too. You know, if you're, if you're, you don't want to limit yourself to a specific market, but you also want to be confident in the market you're going to go in. So, you know, maybe you're redirecting some of your time and resources into the, I mean, I remember sort of back in the day, we'd spend, you know, 40 to 60% of our time on the acquisition because we wanted to go direct to the seller. We didn't want to use realtors. We, we, we did letters and notices and pounded the pavement and you know, went to collection agencies and, and you know, default and solvency lawyers, et cetera. And I think that then there was lots of inventory and now we're back to there isn't that much inventory and needing to go direct potentially in some circumstances or putting more effort that way, not because we want to avoid a realtor or save on a realtor like we would have done six or 10 years ago, but because it's the only way to get inventory, is, 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 but it's a longer sales cycle. So being able to adjust, but um, understanding, it's all about time, really. You know, if five years ago, I had two hours a week to spend on my portfolio, you also got to align your time commitment, real time commitment, that you can actually afford to spend versus your strategy. And if you don't have the time, you have to hire or build the team around you to make up that gap. You're running a business. You can't do it on the back of a napkin anymore. Yeah. The the analogy that I always use, it's like it's like a band, or you know, if you get big enough, a symphony where you, you know, I picture the one-man band, right? With the drums and the harmonica and you're kicking the heel and it's the cymbals. You can't, you know, that probably make you know a really good song, but at the end of that, that guy is leaning over dead tired and is like, I need some help, right? So you need to have those their jobs that that are looking. I just one one quick question for you, Claire. You mentioned you know, you're a numbers freak. You love looking at this. This is your job. This is your business that you're you're reviewing this all the time. Where is some place that is you know trustworthy that you can go and review and take a look at for for all those investors out there? 
you know, all the speculation. I know I, I'm on your email list and I look at all the information that comes out there because it's tr a trusted source, but where, where do you collect that or what's something that you can share where investors can take a look at that and kind of avoid all the, the hubbub and the buzz and get some real facts and information? And to get the real facts and not, not the news, right? Um, I think there's obviously information that your power team members, you know, if your accountant's got a newsletter, sign up for it. You know, if your lawyer does a newsletter, sign up. Obviously, the Right Club, amazing information that share market updates. Uh, some of the biggest resources that I will use is things like the CMHC housing portal. Um, so the CMHC HMI portal, if you just will see, you know, housing information. Uh, on all their newsletters, they have quarterly, you know, market surveys, outlook surveys, consumer surveys. But then also, again, it's that third party. So things like purview reports, which tell us sales that have occurred based on title transfers, not just sales on the open market. Um, you know, uh, uh, economists. So like I love Benjamin Tull, you know, of, of CIB. You know, there's so many sort of economists that are out there that will specialize and focus on the real estate because real estate interest rates, there is quite a bit of connection there. Um, how they impact each other is a whole different podcast for sure. Um, but there are so many resources out there. It, it, it really is a matter of, depends how deep you want to go, because the news will filter to what they think is news, as opposed to if you're a bit of an economics freak and you love to read the 82-page report from CMHC on the economic and development outlook, fabulous. I sign up for all their newsletters and their updates. So therefore, anytime they send, you know, a new um, initiative or new growth plan, then I, I'm going to get that on my email all the time. So newsletters used to be don't send me newsletters. Now I'm like, no, I want them in my feed because they keep me up to date. And some I ignore. You read the subject line, go, Meh. I'm not buying in that province, so not interested. Um, but some of the important ones will be there that would be beneficial. Uh, it's, it's definitely important to keep a pulse and, uh, you know, have some insight on what is happening in the market. And especially if it does come from your team members that you've hand selected and you've picked out because they are the best in the industry. And Claire, speaking of new, I mean, you've got, you know, tons of stuff going on at Windrose Group. Uh, what are some of the things that you're going to be working on uh, to, you know, keep, and, and continue helping investors because you really do have a great service. Um, if you don't, if you don't mind me, uh, or if you don't mind sharing just some of the things that are coming down the, the pipe. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. I think like any business, you constantly have to look at what's worked well, what could be improved on, where else can we expand? So uh, we're super excited to launch a mutual fund trust. The Windrose Group Capital uh, will have a, win, uh, a mutual fund trust. It's another, as another vehicle for us to raise capital as well as for investors to invest. And we are, I can't say much more than that until it's sort of official, but we're always, as a CEO, I'm always looking at ways, you know, what did I, what do we, what do we really do really well? And what other resources could we use to expand? So, and I think that's super important is as you look at your growth, no different to yourself, Sarah, where you've moved into sort of development, where you've looked at, you've either saturated or exhausted certain markets, and it's the next evolution of your business, you know, to go into different areas. It's the same thing with us. You know, we always want to make sure we have plenty of capital for our borrowers and a good, safe and secure return for our investors. 
And that's pretty much our mission to find a good balance to that. And when we feel that there isn't an equilibrium, equilibrium, then that's when we go out and do things like trade a mutual fund trust. Amazing. That I'm, I'm excited to hear more. I think we're going to be doing a lunch and learn and, and, and uh, a few really cool things with the right club to find out some, some more, but congrats. I mean, I think that's exciting. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. We're like, <laughs> that's right. We're going to continue to keep evolving, keep changing. And, uh, and, and I love that, that you're keep growing as well too. Such an inspiration. So I know we've done this before, Claire, and you know, to the, to the topic of keep growing and keep changing. Sometimes the answers might've been different, but I think it's time for the lightning round. So uh, Claire, are you ready? Uh oh, I forgot about this bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh. And you know what, because you've been on here before, I'm going to switch up my questions. And if, if Alfonso wants to ask you the same questions, that's totally cool, but I'm going to switch up awesome. my questions. Okay. <laughs> this week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905 569-8326 or toll-free at one 888 And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Question number one, without having a crystal ball. What are you doing with your real estate portfolio for the next coming 24 months? Oh, I, I'm a private lender through and through. So lending my money, borrowing as much as I can to lend out. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to ask a new question. Where is your favorite destination in the world? If you could go put up your feet, relax, enjoy, where would you be? You know, what? I have two. Um, Spain, because we used to live in the Canary Islands. Um, we were lucky enough to go there for a month last year and no one really knew I went, which was fabulous, which was awesome. Uh, but very close behind that because it's a different vacation, right? When I go to Spain, it's family, it's friends, it's, it's a different type of vacation. But Jamaica, I love Jamaica. Jamaica is my go-to, relax, chill. No one knows me. Don't need to talk about mortgages or real estate as much as I love them. Um, it's, sometimes it's nice not to, to talk about that. All right. Very cool. All right. I'm going to switch it up again. What is the item on your bucket list that you want to make sure you do before dying? I know it's, I don't want to say the word, but I guess, you know, as you're living your one life, what is your one bucket list item you want to take off? You know what? The first thing that came to my head was skydiving, but it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why, why did that just come in my head without even me thinking about it? So it must be some subconscious thing. I don't know. Or a bad dream or something. I don't know. Well, uh, we probably can... tandem skydiving. Yeah. We could definitely recommend somewhere. A few years ago, you know, was skydiving. That was probably one of the most exhilarating experience. All right, so I'm going to round it up. Um, okay, so you're having a dinner party. You can only invite three people, dead or alive. Who are the three people that you're going to have at the table? I know it's a tough one. That's a tough one. But three people, anybody, who are, who's coming over for dinner? I can't think of anyone else. The queen. I think <laughs> the queen would be quite fun. <laughs> I'll see what she's really like. <laughs> That's, that would be a fun, that would be a fun. But I think I would hog, hog Albert Einstein. I would, I, I read his memoirs. I've read... Lots of stuff that he's he's written. Um, yeah, I'd like, forget everyone else, just Albert. It's me wow. and Albert. 
And I think, and I think Albert would come to you for some for some mortgage and lending advice for sure too, because <laughs> if he was around, he'd be, he'd probably be he'd probably be working with you to do that. But uh, Claire, it's, it's always a pleasure. We really enjoy the podcast. If those uh, want to get in touch or reach out, how can they do that? Absolutely, just email info at thewindowsgroup.ca or just give us a call two eight nine eight six two zero. Amazing. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And uh, you always have tons of great insights and advice. Thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure. And thanks for everything that you guys do. You know, the information you share and the continued education. Thank you, Claire. That was awesome. You know, it's, it's awesome to see all the different directions that we could have a call and conversation about mortgages and about real estate investing. Uh, and, you know, every time Claire comes on, I feel like I learn so much. What was your biggest takeaway, Alfonso? Yeah, there's, well, there was a lot in that, that conversation for sure. And, you know, thinking about yourself as a CEO of your business, your life, um, you know, different relationships that they have, you know, expiry dates. Um, but the other part is, Every decision that you are making, whether you know it's in your portfolio and then obviously extending that to your own life, is it getting you closer to your goal? Why are you doing something? She shared the example of you know a certain investor that had three properties that were negatively cash flowing but wanted to quit their job. And you know, having that check-in, somebody else's perspective, and you know, sometimes you can get emotional about your investments and emotional about certain decisions you make, but having somebody check in, coming from a different perspective, really asking yourself is like, is this actually getting you closer? Okay, if it is, then explain to me how you're gonna be negative each month and quit your job. And and really testing those theories and that it is true and it is what you believe. So that, that was my takeaway. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, no, I think, I think you said it really well. I mean, I think it's the fact that like, sometimes it's okay to sell and, you know, yes, there is some potential, you know, increase in appreciation over the years, but if it's going to keep you further away from your goal, you know, it might make sense to revisit that. And it also might make sense to revisit it after another year and have those conversations with your broker to see if this is still the track that you want to go. And I think the other piece of it is, you know, changing strategies with the markets, changing the markets as times go and being able to adapt. And so, I mean, there's, there's tons of value. There's, you know, I would say go back and, and watch it again, listen to it again. I mean, you can probably pick up so many different things from Claire and, uh, and, and she's always just so excited too about sharing all this information, which, which is which is awesome. So on that note, guys, if you haven't left a rating and review yet before going to the next podcast and playing play, if you wouldn't mind leaving one, that would be amazing. And Alfonso, what do we say to our right club nation? Customize your life. Thanks for listening to the right club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.